0: What is going on everybody, it's your boy Aaron B And uh, I just wanted to give y'all a heads up If y'all are listening to the episode and it does like a weird skip or anything like that uh, There were some technical difficulties during the show It was like a few seconds here and there But everything else should be good if there's any It just happens, I'm definitely trying to work on my editing skills just be patient with me. I'm going to get it together. I promise. But this episode is straight fire. Just check it out enjoy it. It's your boy, Aaron B. I'm out. Peace. You. A special guest for y'all, Jay Noakes from uh Notes and and Noakes. Am I saying it right?
1: Uh, it's uh Notes by Noakes, but it's all good, ah, it's all good.
0: <laughs> my bad, you good, man. Uh, uh I just want to give you the floor real quick just to tell them who you are and everything.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Jay Noakes, I'm a writer for G210 Sports, I cover the Mavericks. Um, also, I am ex- an exclusive writer and insider for XFL News Hub, um, been, d- been writing articles and doing multimedia for quite some time now, uh, for about seven years, seven or eight years. Uh, yeah, man, it's, you know, I, that's a little bit about me. I, I do a little bit of everything. I got my own uh, radio show with my co-host, Joe Scanlon. Um, so yeah, man, that, that's pre- that pretty much sums it up about me.
0: Okay, okay. We definitely got to get into some uh, XFL and some Maverick talk. You did beat my team. like uh, Y'all team just beat my team yesterday.
1: <laughs> uh, so you're a Spurs fan. You one of them, huh? Yeah, I one, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, one of them from the area. So, you know, I got rep- to stick with my hometown.
1: Hey, man, I understand because y'all do have more chips than San Antonio and y'all have one – or than Dallas and y'all have one – won uh, more recently than Dallas. But I got to tell you, bro, you look at that first round of the 2011 playoffs, we took the Spurs on a nice little joy <laughs> ride. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and when it comes to y'all, I, before we get into the show, when it comes to the three Texas NBA teams, I got respect for y'all more than I do the Rockets. I like how y'all organization is ran, uh, I especially think- how y'all doing right
1: well, I think that's everybody, bro. I, I really think nobody likes the Rockets, especially after what they've been through this, this, this season with James Harden and him gaining 40 pounds overnight and losing it within two days. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, amazing. That's all I can say. I'm not going to go too far in now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's good to have a laugh. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> man. But uh, since you talked talked about uh, you into got into re- your yeah all these uh avenues and stuff you in the sports writing the sports reporting, how would you get it started?
1: Well, man. Uh, so back in 2014, um, it let me preface this by saying this is all of my parents doing. Um, this is them predicting where I was going to be when I was like 11 up until this point. Um, they always thought I was going to be a sports reporter or a sports anchor of some sort. I was going to be in the sports industry. Me, I was a uh, athlete. So I played football. I played basketball. I did all organized sports throughout my entire childhood. But my parents heard me speak, and they thought that my skills, you know, with explaining things and breaking stuff down was super impressive. So they always told me I was going to be a sports analyst. But I started doing this back in 2014 and uh, started covering the SMU uh, Mustangs for uh, their basketball season. And I started with this network out in Dallas called BGC Sports dot net, which also stands for Big Game Christian Sports. Um, and you know they gave me my first opportunity. I actually appeared on one of their Super Bowl shows. And they gave me the opportunity to cover the SMU Mustangs. Um, After that, I kind of took a year off, about a year or two off. And I went, uh, we moved down here to Austin. And um, me and my wife, uh, we both moved down here. And uh, I was offered an opportunity to work for Colleen Daily herald to cover their high school sports. So I I covered that for the entire football season. um, Had fun doing that. But I was like, man, I love the writing aspect, but I definitely don't want a crazy editor who's like, I need I got a deadline. You have to watch this game for three hours and send me something in five minutes. And that's what I ran into. Uh, But, you know, um, as I kept on moving forward, I got more ingratiated with the man. And more than anything, uh, how I got to this point was just opportunities, you know, and also reaching out, taking a leap of faith. Um, in, my, in my talent and in my skills and practicing more than not. And, uh, you know, I've just been blessed with some really cool opportunities, like covering the XFL, um, the Dallas Mavericks, and all of this stuff happened within the past 12 months. So it all came to fruition. So uh, that's kind of how I got my start, man. It was just all divine intervention. It was me taking a leap of faith. It was me just saying, all right, I'm going to just try. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to reach out to people and see where I can go, and this is where it's got me.
0: Wow, man! You answered three of my questions and <laughs> w Oh man, my brother. No, you good? It worked. It's perfect. It's perfect, bro, man. So, I'm just add this question. So you do see the 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 importance of networking, even when it comes to social media or just running into people at your the opportunity you're at.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, um, my parents just taught me the importance of networking. And building business relationships with people and also building those personal relationships so you know kind of like how you reached out to me you know that's what i was doing a year ago for some of these people that i've spoken with and and got in contact with and gotten these opportunities uh from just you know reaching out and just making network a a high priority of mine and uh that that's why i love man I, i love to meet new people just like you hit me up. I was like, yo, he, he really wants to uh, spotlight black writers. And I was like, man, he's hitting me up to be one of his first spotlights. So it's definitely a pleasure, man. I appreciate you for doing that. But um, like I said, man, it's all been built off of opportunities and networking. So uh, that's, you know, it's been great. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's just all, you know, networking is super important to me. Like I said, the opportunities come with the networking. I think if people utilize relationships with uh with other people then you know a lot more stuff could come out of it and that's kind of how you know i i i've moved so quickly in this business is just by meeting new people and you know them them giving me an assignment and me completing that assignment with consistency and also determination so um I, I got a pretty decent track record right now but i think everything always needs to be improved so i'm working towards Uh, trying to become, you know, an all-star writer and also an all-star reporter. And I'll definitely on that. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Since you you brought into uh, being a black writer and reporter, since being in the industry, have you seen a growth in more minority uh, reporters, writers? Or is it still the same? or, Or do you see any improvement?
1: Um, I mean, I, I think it always needs improvement. Um, Isaiah Thomas was crazy as I listened to a Beaumont Jones podcast where he interviewed Isaiah Thomas about three or four weeks ago. And Isaiah Thomas was a big champion of black reporters. And he said, yeah, there may seem like there may be some now, but we need more. And that's how I kind of feel about it right now. I do feel like there are a lot more black reporters and writers and media members out there they're now starting to get their shine like Beaumont Jones, like uh master to fashion. Um, Chris Broussard, Rob Parker, uh, Stephen A. Smith, Charlemagne the God. There's just so many uh, big names that are out there, but there's also guys who are out there. Who's like me, who's getting there and like yourself, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your start. You're getting your feet wet in, uh, in podcasting or multi multimedia or whatever it is. And, you know, It's an important thing, man. People need creativity. People need black minds. They need creative black minds to enhance what the media is now, because I feel like with the NFL having mostly black players, with the NBA having mostly black players, there has to be some type of representation for those black players that cover these teams. So, you know, I I think it always needs improvement. Um, it's good to see more black writers, but I always encourage people all the time. Like, if you're looking for something and you love sports, you know, write an article, practice writing, or even grab a microphone and get in front of a camera. Try to improve. Try to try to do something that is out of the ordinary because there isn't really a huge amount of black writers or black media members that are represented right now. It's a good amount, but it's not enough to represent the athletes who are in these professional leagues if that if you know if you if you feel what i'm saying there
0: i feel what you're saying and there's a lot and uh from a long time ago was just espn and now there's so many multiple avenues and stuff that that, uh that need more black and minority uh uh, writers
1: yeah man yeah i think it's, it's super important because you know Uh, Isaiah Thomas said he said it best bro he said it so well he said I'm a black NBA player and then I have and no offense to white folks right no offense to white folks but he was saying you know I got I got a white person describing my play and not really looking at it for what it is because we all we all know Isaiah Thomas was a spectacular talent transcendent member of the NBA and whenever They were in Detroit. They were described as thugs. They were described as scrappy, but really they were never described uh, as what they really were, which was a determined team. So, you know, for me, I like to take pride in the fact that, you know, I would never use a player's words against them. If anything, I'm going to use it to help them and to promote who they are as a person characteristically wise outside of who they are as a athlete, because they're still human beings. So, you know, um, like I said, Isaiah Thomas said it perfectly, man. We, we just need more representation uh, in the media for the NBA, for the NFL, for all of these professional sports leagues.
0: I feel you on that. I, I As a getting become a writer and podcaster for these two years, I made that a, a on my list to never talk down on a player because I'm not, I'm not in the same position as them and I wouldn't want them to talk down on me. Right.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a big thing, man. You know, uh, I built some solid relationships with some players inside of the XFL. Um, I'm hoping to do that with, you know, the access that I have, uh, in the NBA and covering the Dallas Mavericks, you know, and I always tell them, you know, and, and actually, You've probably seen him on, on social media. His name is James Harden. Um, he's not the basketball player. He's the oh, running back and slot receiver in the FCF. Um, he's actually uh, – we're, we're alumnus. He went to my high school about eight years after I graduated, maybe, four, maybe six years after I graduated. Graduated 2014. Oh. Uh, and I told him, I was like, bro, you could tell me anything. I'm not going to misrepresent you. I'm not going to do anything to – deteriorate deteriorate what you have built because it's taken so long to get to this point for you. So if you have anything, you want me to write a story, if you want me to interview you, which we did on notes by notes, I I would love to, I, I just love putting the spotlight on, on athletes, black athletes specifically, and those who were never given the true opportunity to succeed in the profession that they want to succeed in.
0: I might definitely have to check that episode out. Um, One of the questions I wanted to ask, it was trending last week on uh, a lot of reporters and uh, writers were talking about like their take on unpaid internships into the field they were trying to reach. Uh, Do you you think unpaid internships should still happen or should there be some type of funding for people that are trying to get into the field? I'm Even though if it could just be like a stipend,
1: or something. Yeah, I mean, I understand, you know, compensation is important. Um, But I honestly just just being in the business, every single job that I've done so far hasn't been paid, you know. And, hey, I'm making a big announcement here, right here on the SLA and Chill podcast right now. I ain't never been paid, man. I ain't never been paid. But the beauty of it all is just the experience, you know having the access, how how I like to position it. If you're in the media, you have to think of it this way. You have credentials to a basketball, football, soccer, basketball, or baseball, whichever sport it is. You have free free access and inside access into the organization's uh, locker room, their press conference, all of that. So with that access, what are you doing with it? You know and to me that's enough compensation because the thing is you just got to get your foot in the door and like we talked about earlier networking and building those relationships that's what gets you paid in the future so if you're willing to go hard you know i mean for me it's been eight years but that's okay you know uh but if you're willing to go hard and you're willing to endure you'll be rewarded at the end but i do think that if you are going into a specific field that is traditionally um some it is tr they traditionally pay their interns then yeah of course you know compensation should be due to you but in this media game man it's hard to get the money until you get to the top but the ones who work hard endure and really just take the initiative to get better each and every day you'll get to the top quicker than someone who is getting paid because I mean, you think about it like this. People who get paid, it's just a nine to five for them. For me, it's more like, well, who knows? I'm not going to pass any judgment here. I'm not going to pass any disparaging uh, comments here. But, you know, who knows? You know, they they may be in it to, you know, actually grow in this industry. Uh, But most of them, they're just there because, hey, this is what I did in college. This is what my degree says. And what TV and media is looking for, they're looking for talent. They're not looking for somebody who said, hey, this is what my degree is. They're looking for people who can do and who can act quick and make things happen creatively. You know, so, I I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, people don't deserve to be paid for internships. I firmly believe that you need to seek seek compensation, especially if you're rendering a service. But sometimes, man, you just got to bite the bullet and just endure, clamp down, do the work, and eventually that reward will come to you. Man, I like that
0: answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't expect that, but she got me yeah, motivated. Man, all about the grind, <laughs>
1: bro, and that's what I've been finding out. You know, a lot of people want money. Um, A lot of people want this to be their full time occupation, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel if you're still not getting paid for it. If you're talented and you're willing to put in the work, somebody will come a calling.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Going back to you uh, as a writer for D210 Sports, how did that opportunity come around? And, and does, can you go into the description of your role for them? First,
1: let me just, you know, talk about my description. Um, I'm, I'm a writer. Um, I just announced about three days ago I'm actually going to be going to Dallas to cover them in person, which is crazy. It's my childhood fan favorite team. I've been to the American Airlines Center 15 to 20 times growing up in Dallas but I've never been able to touch the floor or even speak to the players or even uh, head coach, Rick Carlisle. So that's amazing. Um, but my, my description is I'm a writer and now I am a on camera reporter. So I'll be doing a lot of that stuff for them. Um, again, man, that opportunity came straight from faith. Um, my editor uh, and owner of D210 Vernon, um, he's a great guy, very special guy. Um, I just reached out to him. He, he, uh, he made a post about interns. See, here we go again with the interns. Social media interns and reporting. So what I did was I was like, you know what, let's give it a shot. So I just shot him a message with a sample article. He was like, fill out this application, man, you got some talent. So uh, I filled out the application, sent another sample article. And, you know, within two weeks, he was like, yo, I want you to cover the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, I was like, man, that's a blessing. I- I'm completely down. So ever since then, I think I'm at like 75 articles so far. Uh, yeah, man, I've just been pumping out. I actually got a write tonight, too, um, which is, you know, it's, it's no worries uh, on my end. I- I'm, a, I'm a right. You know, I'm, I'm super consistent. I'm super determined. I'm going to get it done. Uh, but yeah, man, it was a blessing. Um, and come to find out after talking to him for so long, uh, he's actually from Austin, Texas. So. It, and I was born here in Austin and my family's originally from here. So it was cool just chatting up with him, you know, building that relationship and trying to figure out, you know, who he was kin to, if his people knew my people and such and such. So, uh, yeah, man, Vernon blessed me with the opportunity and I haven't looked back. Um, and that's, that's kind of how it came about.
0: And that's crazy. That's, you're in Austin, he's from there, and all these connections all come together. Divine
1: intervention. Now Divine you. intervention, my man. <laughs> For real. So,
0: since you're talking about your marriage, what's your honest opinion of how, how this season has went? Has it reached your expectations so far, or is it kind of in between, or is it kind of lower?
1: Look, bro, we, we we trying to be friends here, right? No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I ain't throwing no shots or none, bro. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. Well, you know, for the Mavericks this year, what I will say is they had a super slow start. But when you look at that start, you have to understand what they were without, what they were getting in, and also how quickly this season ramped up. So I think it was a lot of factors as to why the Mavericks struggled so early. But right now they're surging. Um, they won the last 10 out of 12 games or 10 and 2 in those games Luka Doncic has averaged close to a triple-double uh, over the past month. Christoph Porzingis is playing out of his mind right now, dropped 28 points and secured 14 rebounds last night. Um, they have some great role players in Jay Rich, Tim Hardaway Jr. I really love Willie Cauley-Stein and what he brings to this team, the attitude, the moxie that he brings on the defensive end and how aggressively he finishes on the offensive end as well. Um, Jalen Brunson has been super stellar. I mean, I haven't seen... I, I, he was great at Villanova, but I think he's even better than what he was at Villanova. And I think he could easily be a starting point guard for any other team in the league. Uh, but, you know, I think the Mavericks are, are surging, man. I think that they're, this is the perfect time for them to take the inside track on the Western Conference and also the Southwest Division. I firmly believe that even though they'll be without Luca and KP against the Thunder, uh, I think that the team outside of them will be able to accomplish uh, and grab a win against the Thunder, and then once they return, they'll be able to run the table to a degree. So I'm liking what I see from the Mavericks. I mean, they're 19 and 16. uh, They're, I think, seven and a half games back from the number one spot, but they're only one game or two games away from the fourth spot. So they're doing well. Um, it's going to be a real tussle with your Spurs, man. It's going to be a real, real tussle. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to, you know, to, to make some waves in the Western Conference. But I, I think they're doing well, and I think they'll continue to improve.
0: Yeah, I I love the rivalry between our, our two teams, but uh, I hope y'all do beat the Thunder. I, I used to live in Oklahoma City, and they used to talk mad mess about my Spurs Ooh. all the time.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> Look, tell them. Tell him uh, you should be like, yo, next Spurs. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a box of Kleenex because I know you've been crying since KD left and Russell Westbrook.
0: <laughs> that is hard. <laughs> no, they, they going through a little too much. I don't want to hurt their feelings too much.
1: <laughs> I mean, they 15 and 21. I mean, they you know they can talk all the mess they want to, but they the sub 500 basketball team. The Mavericks and the Spurs are in pretty decent shape, so let them chirp. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, shoot! They, I, I'm gonna say this here: they, this my team has exceeded expectations. I had them like this season ninth, but they didn't—they didn't show it out compared to what I thought right. they would be. <laughs>
1: oh man, but, man. Uh,
0: so, so we're gonna stay in Dallas, but we're gonna go to uh, Dak Prescott's contract. What is your opinions on? A lot of people say he got paid too much and all this. <laughs> I just want to hear your honest opinion on that. All
1: right, so I'm going to give you my honest opinion here, and I'm going to take it two directions, all right? Number one, okay. I feel like the people who criticize Dak, um, there's a racial annotation to it. There's, for some reason, they have an issue with Dak Prescott securing his money after the franchise that drafted him didn't really realize what they had the franchise that drafted the franchise that drafted them drafted him gave him an opportunity he plays four seasons blows all of Tony Romo's stats out the water grabs a, a mm-hmm. is in a divisional round playoff game goes toe-to toe with Aaron rodgers wins in the wild card against Russell Wilson who everybody wanted to trade for in 2018 and now all of a sudden we forget his skill set I, I think it's you know, when we talk about these quarterbacks, and we'll see this with Lamar Jackson coming up because I think he's the next one to get paid, and hopefully the Ravens don't make the same mistake that the Dallas Cowboys did. But there, to me, there is a racial annotation to or a tone to why they feel like or why they critique uh, Dak Prescott because it's not what you normally see. You don't see a quarterback like Dak Prescott be successful up to the level that he has been and continue to be successful and get that contract. Now, secondly, I, I, I love the deal. I think Dak got everything he deserved, everything that he earned. The Dallas Cowboys are proving that the salary cap is not going to be an issue by restructuring some of their veteran players' contracts. I think that they're doing what they did with Romo, and that was retooling their offensive line and also retooling the back end of the defense. And if you remember, Tony Romo had a 13 and three season in 2007. In '08, it was eight and eight. Mm-hmm. In '09, I want to say it was six and 10. And then in 2010, the, the uh, Cowboys had the 10th overall pick, and they selected Tyron Smith in the draft. Then they drafted uh, Travis Frederick. Then shortly after that, they drafted Zach Martin. Every part of their team, they made sure they had the quarterback right. But every single part of their team, everything else, they wanted to retool. They wanted to, to uh, rejuveni- rejuvenize the type of team that they were, and that's what I think that they're doing with the Dallas Cowboys right now. They're just retooling, moving pieces, so that way they do have a chance to contend uh, and n- not only just paying their big-time quarterback, but also putting veteran talent around him that can take this team to another level. So I love it all across the board. I just think that a lot of people carry a racial tone whenever they discuss Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott and critique what type of quarterback he is.
0: I definitely agree to that. Just uh, to bring an extra perspective to, to Dak, like when the draft came, On Cowboys list, he wasn't even in the top two. It was they had what Paxton Lynch Mm -hmm. and Connor Cook, who they were more interested in that.
1: Yeah, last time I checked Connor Cook was backup for PJ Walker in Houston for the XFL. You (laughs) you see what I'm saying? How do you take Paxton Lynch and say, all right, he's 28th? We'll draft him 28th. Let's say the the Cowboys did that, right? Where would this franchise be Mm -hmm. right now without Dak without Dak Prescott? They would still be mediocre. Tony Romo would probably still be playing injured every single season. It just wouldn't be good. It just wouldn't be good.
0: Mm. Paxton Lynch wouldn't even probably be on the team. Nah, now.
1: he'd be he'd be playing <laughs> in the, the XFL, the CFL, probably the FCF, some. Or he might be at home crying right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, hey, this is just, this is, this is one of my favorites. So I'm gonna give you. that. <laughs>
1: Look, man, I got some funnies, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I got a good sense, sense of humor. I also got some wits about my sports, man. I just love to have fun, man. That's all I'm about. That's all I'm about.
0: I feel I feel man. <laughs> I'm going to keep this one kind of a light one. Uh, since you're a Dallas fan in sports, uh, who would be on your Dallas sports Mount Rushmore? So your top four, They all, they could be from Dallas. Are they going to play for the Mavericks, Spurs, the Dallas oh, Stars? God.
1: That's a great question, man. Got That's it. a great question. Um, number one, I got to go with my basketball goat. This is my personal goat. So I don't care what anybody else says. The comments may be crazy. I'm just letting you know. But my basketball goat is Dirk Nowitzki. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore. Um, let's see. I got Emmett Smith up there. Um, I already got Sorry. Dak Prescott up there, um, and for my Mount Rushmore in high school, I've seen some phenomenal athletes come out of, come out of Dallas. Um, how many faces are on Mount Rushmore? Four? Can I go five? Can I go five? Oh, all right,
0: go that, five, that, go that. five. So
1: I got, I got, <laughs> I got a, uh, I got uh Dak Prescott. I have uh, Dirk Nowitzki. I'll put Emmett Smith up there. Uh, From my high school goat, I got to go with uh, a running back who I saw. Well, actually, I played on the same team as him, Sean Bray McNeil, the fastest kid I've ever seen play the running back position. Sean Bray McNeil, if you don't know who he is, look him up. You'll find tons of highlight tape on him. He was like uh, he played for SMU and won the uh, Hawaii Bowl with them when June Jones was a head coach. And then uh, my fifth one. I would have to go Jason Kidd, man. I, I love Jason Kidd. He was drafted Uh-oh. by the Mavericks, came back and won a chip with them. And if I had an honorable mention, I would have to put Jason Terry and Sean Marion up there. I'm just saying. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. We're going to do one more Mount Rushmore. And this one is sports reporters hey. are writers.
1: Man, you are about to get me in trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah. <laughs> right. about a, a one.
1: <laughs> now I got some thinking to do because uh well you know what I'm gonna give some credit to uh the black writers I mean that's that's who we're talking about you know black media right. writers uh number one I gotta go with my guy Beaumont Jones love Beaumont Jones uh heavy influence on what I do um and how I think about sports Michael Smith is up there as well in my number two spot I got Jamel Hill carry champion up there in my third and fourth spot. And of course he's the OG. He's the one who made these things happen, brought all the money to ESPN. I got to go with Stephen A. Smith. There's no particular order really how I'm ranking these guys, but these are uh, what I would call heavy, super heavy influences on uh, how I write, how I think about sports and, and how I do my show. So that's my Mount Rushmore for our writers, um, in, in, in the industry.
0: Like those, like those. Uh,
1: so outside of sports,
0: uh, what is something you like to do just for your mental health or just clear your mind after, uh, just been, uh, have articles and you got your shows going on. What's like something you just want to just, this helps you just relax, uh,
1: man, I gotta tell you, like, I really haven't had too much relaxing time since uh, I picked up this gig with D210. Um, but what I like to do, man, I like to spend time with my wife and my uh, eight-year-old daughter. Uh, my eight-year-old is actually uh, a gymnast, and uh, she's been doing it for about two years. So uh, I-, I take joy in uh, coaching her, you know, showing her some different things and hanging out with them. Um, on the weekends, that's really like where I could decompress and I could get my thoughts right, uh, think about different things. And my wife challenges me all the time, uh, trying to make me better in my writing and also on the show. Um, and she's already challenging me about this own camera uh, setup too. So uh, she's like, "Yo, say this, say this, say this." But it's great to have her in my corner and to have her support. Um, and to have somewhere where I could bounce ideas off of. So we're, we're a full-fledged sports household, man. Like, we watch sports 12 months out of the year, and that's only because I have to watch so many. Um, but they're super, they're super grateful for where I'm at and, and uh, you know, the opportunities that have came my way and the blessing uh, that it has been to get into this business. So I, I love spending time with my family, man. It, it's, it's nothing like it.
0: Man, you almost got me a little teary now, but I'm good.
1: <laughs> now look, man. Now look, we we were going no, to get be... the trash talk. I don't need you crying now.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back to that. Hold on, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Oh man, I, I, I know, man. It's all good, man. It's all fun, um, but nah, that's that's just my honest uh, my honest feelings. You know, uh, any if, if you know or you'll you'll learn that I'm pretty straightforward. I'm pretty direct. Uh, the things that I say, that's what I go by, and that's how I live. So that's how I am, man.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. I, I can't end the show without asking you about the XFL and uh, how they had a talk about merging with the CFL. <coughs> so what's your honest opinion about that? that um,
1: so let me just clear it up because there is a lot of uh, distortment surrounding – Uh, the actual announcement yesterday. So the XFL and my source that I spoke with uh, stated that they're just doing preliminary talks. Nothing about a merger Mm -hmm. is really um, surfacing. Nothing about them, you know, playing in a championship game or whatever these scenarios have been on Reddit or Twitter. Um, But these are just talks. And these talks are to innovate and change the way that people view the CFL and the XFL. I don't know if a collaboration is in the, is in the wings. Um, I, I do think that since the CFL has a track record of having a professional league and, and a, and a uh, sustained level of success in Canada, that's something that the XFL may want to look into and see how they can do it here in the U.S., because uh, I always felt like the XFL was never here to compete with the NFL. Well, this version wasn't. This version was supposed to be the CFL in the USA. Um, so I, I, I feel really good about it um, based off of what I'm hearing, man. Uh, the people inside of the league offices are super excited. Danny Garcia is excited. Jeffrey Pollack, uh, the XFL president and CEO, is excited. Uh, the commissioner of the CFL is excited. And also uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson is uber excited about this potential because we know the past that he has with the CFL. So it's all potential talk. It's all preliminary. Nothing is set in stone. Um, And of course, let me just address the uh, delayed uh, season uh, rumor. There's no such thing. They're not delaying. They're not postponing. What they're doing is they're pausing the plans to roll out in 2022 um, to finish these discussions with the CFL to see if they will be a part of this in the future. So, um, you know, just some clarification, you know, once you drop the episode, uh, of course, I, I know people are probably going to ask, hey, that's the XFL guy. What does he have to say? Uh, this, this is the bit right here. Nobody's postponing. Nobody's delaying. This is just an on-hold scenario. So that way they could get their ducks in a row and figure out in, uh, which direction they would like to go as an organization. And also a professional lead.
0: Uh, I'm definitely probably gonna leave a bit off this, so you can explain <laughs> to what's going on. So I can let's grab the attention, so we uh, get the. Yeah, views, I, know, I know, I
1: know. I mean, you know what, bro? When I get some breaking news, you just got to bring me back. That's all, you know what I'm saying? So that way, we get them, we get them numbers. Oh, up, absolutely, man. we get them numbers up. <laughs>
0: You, you're going gonna to be my number one XFL reporter.
1: <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate that. I got the whole city behind me now. They're like, yo. <laughs>
0: hey, Texas got a Yeah, man, you know how it together.
1: goes, man. Everything, everything in Texas is different, bro. Like, even though, you know, well, Dallas, we ain't got no beef with SA. You know what I'm saying? We got our beef with those Houston boys out there. That's where our beef is. But San Antonio, y'all cool, bro. Y'all cool. I was just down there. I was just down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, really? Where did we go? Oh, we was down there for my uh, daughter's gymnastics meet two weeks ago, two weekends ago. Yeah.
0: Dang. Did you get some of that San Antonio cookie? Nah, cooking? man,
1: nah, not, nah, we couldn't. We, we uh, literally uh, went to the gym, no food and drink allowed, but they did have a taco stand outside. But uh, my 31st birthday is coming up in May, so I've been trying to cut out, you know, different things trying to get my health right you know working out every single day so uh yeah i ain't junking out or nothing right now but man those some enchiladas and some tacos would have been nice though i ain't gonna lie to you bro Uh,
0: (laughs) can't go wrong with that Hey, we the same age and i'm about to turn 31 and uh man
1: well hey when you turn when you turn 31 bro i would love to come back on the show bless you with a happy birthday message do whatever i can
0: I appreciate that. Appreciate that, bro. I I appreciate you, you. brother. I appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you for being on this episode. I probably said appreciate (laughs) it a lot. (laughs) But I'm just that type of person. But uh, I just wanted to give you the floor to promote anything that you got going on this week or whenever. For
1: sure, man. The floor Um, is all yours. Well, the radio show's been off for like the past month since... Uh, so essentially when the winter storm hit Texas and knocked everybody's electricity out, um, people were without water. Um, so we went through that as a family, uh, here at home. And also I worked my day job. I actually, uh, work in property management. So I had to help my residents in their time of need. So, um, uh, we didn't do a show, but the show is going to be back on Sunday at ten thirty AM on facebook.com backslash. N O T E S X N O K E S. Also, to follow all of our Twitter stuff, uh, go to our page. Uh, same handle N O T E S X N O K E S. Also, if you if you love my reporting or if you want to check out what I'm doing on Twitter or social media, you can find me at uh, Call Me Noakes. Um, you know, it's C A L L M E N O K E S. Uh, that's what I was called throughout the duration of my playing career um, when I did play football. So that's why I like for people to call me. But, yeah, man, and then my articles are up on D210, uh, D210.tv. Uh, you can check out all of my new content about the Mavs uh, there. So that, that's about it, man.
0: Okay, I'll definitely put all the links in there for sure. I appreciate you for being on the show today, Jay. Uh I I have lost words, but uh, <laughs> man, but uh, this is the SLA and Chill podcast and we'll, we'll be dropping this episode on Monday. Hope you all have a good one.